and they're seven feet tall, I think. Yummy. Yeah, Perfect really for big. my five two. Big. Let's let's be real there. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be speaking to like his um his belly dick? button. <laughs> yeah. His dick. Yeah. I was trying to be family friendly, but okay. <laughs> To another episode of Romancing the Monsters. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And this week we have a special episode of Romancing the Monsters because we are talking about all things best of 2020, whether it's TV shows, ooh, ooh. movies, books, everything we loved, um, with a few honorable mentions because we just couldn't help it. Okay, few <laughs> being the keyword. Few being the keyword, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, how it's gonna work is that we each have five, right? Five things? Yes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Five, yeah. Five. Quotations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who wants to start? I feel like it's always me, so it's not me this time around. I am throwing someone <laughs> else under go. the bus. I'll go. It's fun. Okay. Um, so I'm starting things off with a bang. Literally um, or figuratively? Uh, <laughs> or both? <laughs> Tell us about the bang, Seth. Probably both. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess. I guess it could be literally. I'm going to start off with the Demonized series by Annette Marie. Um, so literally, yes, a bang. Figuratively, yes. You know, a bang. Extraterrestrial? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, otherworldly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, comprised of four books, you know, uh, Norman characters are Robin and Xylus. Um, I'm saying it wrong. He would kill me if I said it, you know, the way it was supposed to say. How, how do you it's say it again? Xylus. Xylus, I think. Xylus. We have Zylus. an entire podcast coming your way about yes. this book where, in which we try to pronounce his name correctly and fail miserably. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we have an episode on book one. So look out for that in the new, near future. Um, so I'll just do a quick rundown. It's Robin is the main character. Um, she has powers. Um, no training in it whatsoever. And then, you know, this world is also comprised of um, summoners and demons. And her uncle ends up being a summoner of demons. And then she has the opportunity of finally meeting Xylus which is a demon that's captured by her uncle and he's living in the basement and situations happen where um, she needs to form a contract with him and um, she, he helps her out of a situation. And then basically the, all four books, are, like it's a story of them and like how they overcome like their big demon, their big evil. <laughs> Pun um, intended. <laughs> Um, so it's very much their journey individually as it is together because both characters have, in, like, immense growth. Um, yeah, I just loved, I loved all four books and I read them one night after the other. I was not sleeping at all, um, reading 
through like reading all of these books, and I'm pretty sure Marge can vouch for how, that as How well. is this series not a fever dream in your head? Because like you read them so fast, and you were literally not sleeping for like four days. So I just I'm just wondering like how how can you still remember anything? That's the problem. Like if we were to ever do an episode for like books three to four. <laughs> I'm probably yeah. going to have to do, like, a reread or something. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I really I enjoyed it. To be honest, though, I don't remember much besides the cheeky bits, which... Yeah. <laughs> They're good. And um, I should also, like, also, why can't I speak? I should also say that this series is hella slow burn. Oh, yeah. Like, from book one all the way to book four i'm telling you it is a slow burn and you know s you can yeah. also vouch for that yeah, yeah. so <laughs> we all obviously burn. loved it and you should read it don't don't yeah. fear it has it all it, it has, has it all, all. it has the, the action angst, the romance yes, yes the, the action the, the humor the sweetness yes and it even made me cry yeah. And it's also very horny. What else would you say? What else do you need in 2021? And it has enemies to lovers, but you can argue it's enemies to friends, then friends to lovers. It has the grumpy sunshine. I would argue it's not even enemies to lovers. It's like we can't understand each other too. We kind of understand each other too. We finally understand (laughs) each other, I feel like, (laughs) if that's even a trope. I mean... (laughs) It kind of did start off enemies to lovers in the sense where, not enemies to lovers, I feel like it's enemies to, like, acquaintances. But just because they can't understand each other. And also Xylus, you know, would have, like, killed her if he, would she he wasn't though? promising him. Because we kind of all know he could have killed her and he never did. Exactly. But she was promising him something that, you know, he thought that she could deliver. Hmm. So... I don't know. At the, the, it's not trying there's to get a, to the Zylus There's a podcast episode podcast. coming your way. Just yeah. be yeah. excited for that. I mean, I guess. I don't I don't actually remember <laughs> if it was a good conversation or not because it was ages ago. <laughs> I really hope it was because this book deserves a good, a good conversation. So, yeah, if you're looking for any of that, any of what we just said, this is really the series for you. It's so good. It feels a little bit more yeah. sci-fi to me than paranormal for some reason. Does it? Hmm. I don't know. I think it it felt very much paranormal for me. I feel like it's very similar to like not similar in the sense of like the romance, but like Amelia Hutchins. Like it's very similar in that type of world where it's like it's modern, but there's knowledge of like witches and all that stuff in that world. So it's very much paranormal. Urban fantasy. That's what it's well, called, right? Urban fantasy is not really romance though. Um, but the reason why I say that is mostly because I'm so used to reading demons that are kind of very human, just with demon tendencies, whereas Zylus is very demon. Like, he is otherworldly, I mean, as we said. So yeah. maybe that's why it feels yeah. kind of sci-fi-ish to me, because it's just, it's so different. It's like, he's not human in any way, shape, or form. So, well, I mean, he has his moments. I mean... <laughs> I and mean, he has certain bits that do feel pretty human. Certain attributes. Um, oh, spoilers! Oh. <laughs> no, I was also gonna say he has a tail. So if you're into yeah. tails and horns and fangs, Xylus is for you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And Robin, she's such a kick-ass female. Like she, her growth as a character is amazing. 
But anyways, next. Let's go All on right, to All right, I'll go. <laughs> so the first book on my list is called Fate's Star by uh, Elizabeth Vaughn, I think is how you pronounce that. This is a fantasy romance novel. Um, and in this world, um, the big thing is essentially that humans and elves are at war with each other. Um, elves, I believe, have most of the power, if not all of it, and humans are kind of um, subpar in this world. They're kind of um, seen as lesser than. Um, and our heroine is obviously a human who um, has just lost her whole family, and so she's seeking refuge um, in one of the um, elf territories because um, her village has essentially been burnt down, if I remember correctly. Um, so she has no one, and uh, Warna, Warna is an interesting character because she's a very feminist character, in my opinion, without being, uh, you know, your typical fierce badass fantasy heroine that you're used to seeing, or at least, at least in recent years, you know, like that archetype sort of has really um, gotten quite popular, I would say, which there's nothing wrong with it, and and I love. Um, you know, a fierce badass heroine who uh, takes the sword and goes on the battlefield. But I do think there's something to be said and so there's something quite refreshing sometimes Sometimes uh, with heroines like Warna who, you know, like she, all she wants really in life is peace. <laughs> like she's very content with um, the thought of, of having a house to tend to and children and, you know, it's a very traditional uh future that she's seeking but she fights for it you know what i mean like she she fights for it she demands respect and um she doesn't settle for anything less than that and to me that makes her just as feminist as anyone else yeah um so essentially in walks our hero who uh, is Varus. He is a baron. So he's one of like the high ranking. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I guess he's like nobility, right? Um, among the elves. So he goes there and he finds her. And, you know, he's a bit of a alpha male, if you will, uh, especially in the beginning. Um, and so he sees her. He's like, she's pretty and she's unmarried and he's like of course this lady cannot stay here it is not safe for her and so i will take her with me and i emphasis on the take here because <laughs> my man does not ask yes. for permission in fact warren is like hell no i don't know you uh, this is a scary world my family just died i don't know what to do um and I, I feel safe here and he's like but you're coming with me and he literally takes her um and he brings her to his keep Varys and his castle are very parallel to each other if that makes sense because he has witnessed uh the mass murder essentially of his people and it scarred him and as a result he shut himself down but he also shut down his entire keep. And so no one, except like a small part of it, because they have to live somewhere, right? Um, 
So essentially, no one has been allowed since that night to enter the keep. Uh, so there's bloodstains on the floor. You know, it's like it's still very haunted by the memories of what happened. And similarly, so is Varys. Um, and so mm-hmm. it becomes this like stale environment that's falling apart. It's dark. Um, and it's 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 dead. It's dead. And Varys is dead in many ways, essentially, as well. Um, and so Warna slowly she starts reopening the keep. Um, and, and this is like happening simultaneously with the love story, which is also forcing Varys to sort of reopen himself to the idea of joy and love and hope and moving on, you know, moving forward and dealing with this grief. Like, he's forced to to deal with it. And she's also, like, really sneaky about it and, like, reopening the keep without his knowledge, like, room by room, um, and making it come back to Mm. life. And Varys is coming back to life. And I love that because it just shows how Warna is just as powerful. You know, the changes that she's making behind the scenes things that seem little or um, insignificant are just as powerful. Yes. And, and, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I'm aware of that. But to be honest, like, to me, a perfect book does not mean the best book. Uh, What makes the best book for me is a book that made me think or a book that made me feel. And like this story certainly made me feel. Like the romance is good. Like it take take everything I just said away. The romance is good in this book. I'm not going to lie. Like the action was good. The romance was good. Like it's not the most um unique plot, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. Like don't get me wrong. But it did make me think, you know, and and that aspect of it made me think. And I loved how the author explored that. And I just want to read part of the uh, blog, what (laughs) part of the blurb, (laughs) because I do think that it kind of words everything I just said a lot better. Uh, So uh, it says, Varys of Tassonic has suffered the wounds of war, knowing loss and betrayal at the hands of those he trusted most. He buries himself in work and duty, behind emotional walls as high as those of his castle, rather than risk more pain. While dealing with a kingdom in political and economic turmoil, he rescues, and this is put in uh, quotation marks because I think it's kind of a nod to the fact that he takes her. (laughs) and does not ask for permission. Uh, But he rescues Warna only to discover that the helpless human woman is anything but. Mm -hmm. Before uh, before he knows it, she is deep within the defenses of his heart, forcing him to confront his grief, his distrust, and the scars of his past. And maybe even steal his heart in the process. And and that's exactly what I was trying to explain, that's but cool. just said much better. <laughs> that actually sounds really good. I think I remember you talking about it earlier. Um, so yeah, it's on my list. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean, if if you're looking for a fantasy romance, give this one a try. If if you are interested at all in seeing how uh, romance can kind of you know, we talk about how it's very internal for the most part, but 
in this case, it's both it's an internal journey, but it's also an external journey or it's expressed externally as well. So so, yeah. <laughs> All right. S. OK, so my book, the first book on my list, which is two books, um, it's the it's Wild at Heart and Forever Wild by K. Tucker. It's part of the the Simple Wild series. Um, it's a continuation story of Kala and Jonas's romance love story um so book two which is wild at heart um starts off like i want to say maybe a couple weeks maybe a couple months after the end of the simple wild and it's just about her moving back to alaska and starting her life with jonah the first book had to do with kala and with kala starting a relationship with her father um the second book is more of the romance of Jonah and Kala trying to find a life for themselves. Um, okay, so the reason why I'm picking this this story and why it's one of my favorites because it's it's one of those stories that you can easily get lost in. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are really memorable. Um, it's funny. It's sexy. It takes place in Alaska. Um, um, it has like a really good set of characters. Like all the side characters are really memorable. Um, I don't know. It just feels it feels like home. It feels like family when you uh, for me when I started the series. And those are the best series. That sounds so good. And I love when side characters like are good and memorable. Yes, all of them are. Because I feel like they play a big part in making that story like a five star read. Yeah. 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 And I feel like and- that's the best thing that an author can achieve is like making you feel like you're coming home. Whenever a new yeah, book releases yeah. and you get to and this, read it, this how the, this is how that series feels. This series feels. Um, so it's not just a romance, right? Three books aren't just romance. Like I think you said, book one was about her forming a relationship with her with father. her father. Yeah, so but like, it starts it starts so, a romance with Jonah with the guy, but it's it's a bit yeah, of a slow. But it's born. not like the it's not the that's not all that happens. No, no, no. Okay, so for now for the the third book, Forever Wild. Um, it's, it starts off right away, uh, like, I think a couple weeks after the second book. Um, it was just sweet. It wasn't, there was, like, no added drama. Um. Was that a novella or? It like was a novella. Actual... Okay, okay. No, it was a novella. The, yeah, okay. a novella. Um, and I'm excited because she's, I guess she's, um, writing another series based on a character. Uh, okay. from one character? of the side characters and one of okay so the side character I have like a lot of issues with her um she wasn't she was one of the characters that wasn't my favorite um but I'm actually ah. excited to see if whatever she writes kind of changes my perspective on her a little bit so we'll see but yeah these I recommend the series it's the simple wild by K. Tucker that really sounds great. like okay if you can give me like again tropes like what are some tropes that you think i, I, I think i'll say like grumpy sunshine can that be a trope you could say small Ooh, town probably that's... too right alaska is not like yes. the biggest <laughs> the biggest thing on earth <laughs> small town small town yeah so yeah yeah okay grumpy sunshine i love grumpy Girl. sunshine yeah it is that's it is the best. the best trope it is um, it really is that's back to me okay so I thought I'll shake it up. Let's do a TV show. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that so sound I... effect was. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> I've lost it. Uh, maybe let the computer make the sound effects next time. Yeah, because that, that sucked. <laughs> uh, it's okay. 
I love the enthusiasm. Thank you. You're welcome. From the, from the person who doesn't watch TV shows. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Um, okay, so first on my list in terms of TV shows, I'm going with Anne with an E. Ooh, um, yeah, so I actually just discovered this show like maybe a month ago. So it's fairly recent. I know like it's been out since 2017 and like your girl here, Seth, literally just discovered it. Um, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm riding that train now where I'm like, why the heck is this show canceled? Um, so yeah, it's an adaptation of Anne of Green Gables, um, which is a very popular book series. Um, I don't, I don't even know what to say about the show. It's just literally so good. It's, so basically, okay, Anne is an orphan, and, like, she's had a really tough life, and she finally thought that she's getting adopted by a brother and sister who run a farm. Um, but in reality, they thought they were getting a boy mm -hmm. to help on the farm, and poor Anne is like, I'll do whatever you want, like, I'll, I'll be a farmhand, I'll do whatever you want, just please keep me, because she always wanted a home, and she does not want to go back to the orphanage. Anyways, like, the show is just so good, and then she obviously, like, they accept her and they want to keep her and then like stuff happens and like they finally get her back and yeah it's just about a small village like their problems and like their life and like Anne's story like her growth as a character like Anne with an E is very much a heroine's journey and like it deals with like friendships and you know Gilbert who like is kind of her um enemy at first like not someone that she gets along with because he's her competitor at school and obviously like that's her man and I just feel like the show was so pure like it really it had really it had good messages like mm -hmm. every single episode had a great message about women's rights or you know um being gay in the 1900s we had Cole as a character who very much didn't fit in he got bullied all the time and diet not yeah Diana and Anne helped him through, all, like, a lot of things. And he finally found his place in the world. And even Diana and Anne, like, just the pure best friend, hmm. you know? That whole idea of, like, having that one best friend that no matter what, they'll always be there. Like, I don't know. Just the show was great. And it dealt with situations that were very touchy, like, in terms of Indigenous peoples and the residential school. Like, they dealt with that. And, like, they did it, like... I mean, obviously, it was just starting because I'm pretty sure season four would have covered a lot more of things for that. Have you read um, the book? situation? Uh, no, I haven't. I have them all, though. I should read them. I've read the first one, and I wonder if it's, like, what... Because you said there's three seasons, right? Yeah. It's like, I wonder, does it complete the first book, or... Oh, I don't know, you know. Because, okay, so season three ends with... um them graduating school and so, going yeah, off to... So, that's essentially the end of, of the first book, I think. Oh, okay, Well, I okay. mean, it goes a little bit beyond that, but I do think that the second book, it's like she's older. And, like, every book she gets older in life. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. like, eventually she marries Gilbert and, like... And then there's also, like, the idea of Bash, who's obviously... He's a black man coming from Trinidad um, to Canada, like, you know, a small little village, Canada, and, you know, he's black. Um, and just the way that, like, they dealt with that and, like, them finding their identity in Canada and the people of Avonlea, which is where they live, them accepting, you know, colored people because they actually haven't really been exposed to colored people before. And it's just, I don't know, how amazing Marilla was, which is Anne's adoptive mother, I guess you could say. 
And yeah, anyways, I can go on and on about the show. I really love it and I highly recommend it. It's such a good show with great messages and I really hope it comes back for a fourth season somehow, some way. It's cool though because it sounds like they added a lot, like like all the, yeah. everything you just mentioned, like the, the guy from Trinidad and like the gay character and everything else, like that that's all added from my memory anyway. Yeah. Cause that's I can't not imagine really that being book, in the book so. series. Yeah. Um, but so it's cool that they kind of took this story and, and expanded on it to talk about more things like that, which are just as essential in a coming of age story, right? So Yeah. And it's it doesn't feel like it's like a political message or yeah. just them trying to like move with the times. It honestly fits the story and it fits the characters and the messages it like it gives you, great. Like I love how they dealt with so many things in that show, and with the knee guys. Please watch it if you haven't, and if you have watched it, great. I Good want job. to watch it. I just <laughs> haven't yet. But we all know I suck at watching TV. So, all right. So, the next thing on my list is I'm sure not a surprise at all, but it is the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs. <gasps> I'm I'm not done yet. I think I'm on book like six, I wanna say. Don't quote me on that. Oh though. wait, this is not the Alpha and Omega series. No, so that is the Mercy okay, Thompson this is the, series. Oh yes. Yeah. So you haven't talked about this one yet. I okay. well, I mean I kinda have and kinda haven't because okay, so I talked about the Alpha Omega series before in our uh, catch up and chill episode the first one mm-hmm. um and at the time i had not started the mercy thompson series yet uh now i have and i love it and so this series is essentially about mercy who mercedes i think her name is um who is a coyote shifter who is also a mechanic Whoa. so she's like a badass Whoa. woman and she gets wrapped up in, like, a bunch of investigations of, like, the supernatural nature, if you will. So, like, there's fae, there's vampires, there's humans and werewolves. And, like, she gets wrapped up into it because of her, well, in part because of her um, relationships, like, relationship with uh, Adam, the local alpha. <laughs> Who, by the way, is dreamy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish the listeners can see your like your facial expressions yeah. and your hand gestures right now because all of this together is is great. Adam is just absolutely fine. I will say that. Um, but anyway, so one thing I really liked about this series is how it depicts the ramifications of rape or sexual assault. So obviously, if that oh. is a trigger yours the series is not for you um but what i do like is that so she showcases um the guilt but also the like like the guilt and shame that some of some of the survivors feel afterwards after the fact um which is something that i feel you don't see that often um i mean spoiler alert mercy definitely feels that um and it's like it's 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 shown in like okay so like for example she starts like taking more showers for no reason like she just feels like she needs to shower which is just it's like it's like shown in those kinds of ways where it's like subtle but also like you understand what it says without needing to be told yeah what it means yeah um but also she adds like the paranormal element to it because obviously mercy is a coyote shifter and adam is a werewolf so like they have these like increased senses which also has an impact on how 
she feels towards what happened because like you have the mate bond and like how much of like how she feels like that's a betrayal in a way even though obviously she it was not her fault and shouldn't have happened but like because of that like she feels like it's a betrayal and like anyways it's it's really interesting how she does it and she actually does touch upon the same subject in the alpha omega series so if you want to hear me talk about that you know what episode to go and listen to but um she does it in a different way so i i really appreciate how both series sort of look at the same subject ish uh, although Alpha Omega, it's more like it's it's sexual violence, but it's also like um, emotional violence as well, like emotional abuse. Um, yeah. So I just I don't know. I like I don't know how to say. It. And also, I'm not done with the series, but I also like how this is like in progression. So like it happens earlier on in the series, but then with every book, you sort of see how that evolves for Mercy. But it's also not, like, the whole plot. Like, she she still has, um, you know, all these adventures where she has to figure out who killed who and, like, whatever. But, <laughs> like, that's the, the really human side of the series is what interests me the most. Like, just seeing these characters evolve and, the, like, how they start in the beginning to how they they are six books in, 12 books in, whatever. Like, it's... It's really it's it's fun. Like I'm I'm really I've grown attached to the characters in a way that I never would have expected of me and like her books. <laughs> Do you Okay, so this is 12 books. I don't know how many books in the series. For now it's it's 12, but like it's it's going to be more than that. So this is 12 books with uh the same two characters. Like you're not really changing perspectives here or is it just um, in Mercy's It's only Mercy's perspective, perspective right? Yeah, so it's only her perspective, but there's a lot of characters, and, like, every every book, I would say, she kind of switches it around, so, like, one book, it will be, like, a fae problem, and then the next book, it will be a vampire problem, and then, so, like, you never really get bored, because, like, the plot always changes, and, like, it's always a new thing, and then you always uh, find out something new about the world, or, like, I don't know, for me personally, the best books in the series are always the ones where you actually, like, see... Uh, like a real milestone for the character um which is not like it's that doesn't happen every book which is fine like in the series of 12 plus books that's gonna happen like not every book is gonna Mm -hmm. be groundbreaking but (laughs) yeah but i i just i love it i yeah i never would have anticipated that because i really thought that i was just gonna like the alpha omega series because that's more romance focused though i okay here's the thing Here's my gripe with this fandom. I was told that there was no romance in these books until, like, books book five or four. Really? So I fully anticipate. Like, I went into it not expecting anything. And, like, I am here to report back that I disagree with that. And I do feel like the romance starts in book one. And, like, is it heavy-handed? No. But do you get stuff? Yeah. So, like, if you're a romance reader and you're scared of that series, try it out. Try it out anyway. Because I, I just, I don't think it's true that you have to wait four books for anything to happen. That's my, that's that on that. <laughs> I feel like that's a good point to make. Yeah. Do you still consider it a slow burn? Um, I would say so. Like, okay, so how I explain, how I would explain the romance in these books, it's like, so if you're reading a romance novel and they go on a date you see the the date on page right like you mm-hmm. you read the date you you know what they've talked about you know what they did yeah. etc 
in these books, if they go on a date, you don't see the date. They just mention that they've gone oh. on a date. Unless unless it furthers the plot of like the investigation or something, because something happens. But so that's the so difference. What genre would you call us then? Oh, urban fantasy. Okay. Absolutely. So, but like, what a good with a, a good side of romance. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not starved. So then, would you argue that by book five, the romance becomes more important or like more? I think why people say book four is because in book four is when like the relationship actually forms, like they actually make the choice. If okay. that makes sense. Before then, it's kind of like we're turning around each other, but like we definitely like each other. Okay. So. Was this the book that you mentioned um, about intimacy? No, that's the Alpha Omega oh, okay. series. So that's how that's doing it differently. It's like in that in those books, it's like intimacy is like the 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 thing that they need to work on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas here, it's more exploring like guilt and shame attached to it, and just like how does one move on, and also how does one how how can one be in like a committed happy relationship when you just don't feel that way or like how how like say you've lived alone your entire life because you've never belonged to a pack and then suddenly you do belong in a pack and how does that feel especially when you've gone through something that was so invasive yeah how do you deal with having people in your head now being connected with people that you don't necessarily want to be connected with so it's it does it in different ways i feel like this author deals with very interesting topics yeah I would say so. Like, that's very, and like the whole like the whole idea of like mates and how now she can hear her mate in her head. Like like you said, it's Im- invasive and it's not something she well, wants. Well, I mean, okay, they don't actually hear each other, but like they have in that presence. Heads, but there, it, they right? feel that connection, yeah. which like is like a struggle for Mercy in certain yeah. parts because she's like, I just want to be alone. I don't want to, you know, yeah. feel these people. And her being a sexual assault survivor must be, like, really hard. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. Do you mean when, when you say, like, they're they're connected, like, they feel each other's, like, emotions? Kind of, yeah. Like, if something's happening to someone, they can feel it, especially the alpha. And, like, especially because she's mated to the alpha, I think, it, like, enhances how she feels those things. That's really interesting. Okay. I highly recommend it. Plus, Adam is fine. So, yeah. Oh, I remember. Okay, so you were talking about Alpha and Omega and, like, that narrator for the audiobooks. And I remember you saying yeah. the narrator for this series was different. different. How do Unfortunately, because you... Holter Graham is the love of my life, <laughs> I would marry his voice in a heartbeat if I could. <laughs> Um, no, unfortunately, this is a woman narrating it. But to be honest, I've grown used to her voice and I, I kind of like it. Like it works for a character like Mercy. So, okay. It's, it's, I was, I, yeah, I was afraid of, of the, the audiobooks here, but fear not. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, that's know. good to know. Thanks yeah. for reporting back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, S, what's next? Okay, so next on my list is. <clears throat> Heated Rivalry by Rachel Reed. It's the second book in her Game Changers <gasps> series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The MM one. The MM, yeah. Um, yeah. I freaking love this book. Like, it was really good. It's it's a hockey, it's a hockey rom- romance. Um, and I feel like it's a, what are they? Enemies to lovers? Enemies with benefits. Rivals to lovers? En- enemies, rivals with benefits. To lovers. <laughs> oh! to lovers. Yeah. 
So they're on opposite um, hockey teams. And, oh. and ever since like they joined their teams like they scandalous yeah they're, they're made out to be rivals and like they build that you know throughout the years um mm-hmm. so every time they see each other they're always like talking smack and like um trying to get the other one trying to get under each other's skin but they have well, some, I feel like they have really a, want to read this right now yeah it's really good so they have this uh, like undeniable attraction and like every time like after games like they meet up in secret and they hook up but out in public like they're enemies they're rivals wow 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 are um, they like heated hookups though yeah of course yeah. okay okay yeah. i think i might go uh yeah. read this after after this episode <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's really good. It has good banter. Um, their relationship spans, I want to say, about 10 years. Um, Whoa. So it's kind of. Yeah. So um, it, it start, I think it's split up into like three, four parts. And like the first two parts, uh, they go back, back and forth to how they met. And then the present, I want to say. Don't don't quote me on that. I'm not too sure. But um, okay. you see how they start off. You see how they build on. Um, and I want to say they hook up a lot. And you see that. But I feel like their romance is like a slow burn. Um, mm-hmm. It takes them a while for them to open up and to be comfortable with each other. Yeah, it's really good. Slow burn really is, a, is just such a good trope. It yeah. is. Like, don't it's you just feel like trope. every book should be slow burn? Like sometimes yes. I read a book and I'm like, what excuse do you have not to be a slow burn? <laughs> like, or like even when I'm watching TV shows and like they fall in love the first episode, I'm like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah, no, I feel like yeah. slow burn. I, I feel slow you. burn is like really rewarding. Yeah, yeah oh, that's the yeah. best thing. Delicious. Yeah. So I definitely recommend. I haven't read the other books in the series. I want to. Ooh, there, it's a series. Yeah, it's so it's a series of different characters. Different. Is it all MM? Yeah, I want to say it's all MM. Yummy. Oh. Yeah. Who's the author again? Uh, Rachel Reed. I might uh, go try this book out sometime soon. Do you recommend book one? Because you're talking about book two right now, right? I, I ha- yeah, I haven't read it. I just cu- I oh. I heard this book was good and I jumped into uh, book two and. So. Huh. Okay. Have you yeah. read the fake boyfriend series by Eden Finley? Yeah, I think I read like the first two or three books. It's that's a good series too. That's a good series. That's yeah. that's a series to me that feels like home whenever I go back to it, which I haven't really? in years because I just haven't been in the mood for MM. It just yeah. happens. Um, but yeah, that's that's it was a all good the Mpreg, you know. Yeah, Mpreg sort of took over my life for a little while, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm just you can't you can't go back then. to regular MM. Yeah, you can't. I mean, where's the yeah. nodding? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh god. Make Mart. it like make it two hot uh, hockey players, but like they cannot with knots. Yeah. With the make knots. it naughty, okay? What, what, yeah. What's your <laughs> What's your excuse for not having knots in your hockey romance? <laughs> and this would be hot. Maybe then, because it's contemporary. I feel like we should make shirts with that on it. Like, what's your excuse for this not for to that? be <laughs> not to be naughty? Yeah. I would wear that shirt every I would, day. Yeah, I would not. too. Probably not. Oh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, I recommend it. It's good. I feel like we have a very diverse uh, list so far of like recommendations. Yeah. Like it's all different yeah. kinds of of books, like all different genres so yeah. far. Yeah. Look I at agree. us. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
congratulations to us. I don't know. I'm proud of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to think which one I should go with next. Okay. I'll go with historical romance. Oh, right. Um, okay. So the next book on my list is called A Dark and Stormy Night by Kerrigan Bryan. Um, so this is part of mm. the Victorian Rebel series. Um, so if you haven't read that, I would highly recommend reading that whole series. It's so good. It's very, very wordy, angsty. though. Be ready for that. It's very dense. It It is dense, I guess. And yeah, dark. okay, yeah. It, Quite it dark. Is it deals with a lot of um, possible it trigger deals, warnings. So. Yeah, it de- deals with a lot of stuff. It's very dark. Um there's rape in there, uh, mentioned, not usually on, on page, but it's mentioned. Um, so that could be really, really tough to read about if it's a trigger for you. Um, and a lot of other things happen in that series, too. There's murders, there's killing. Like, our men aren't good people. They're usually the anti-hero of the story. We which, love you know, to see it. Yeah, we love it. We love <laughs> it. Um, like, I love anti-heroes. You don't understand. They are my favorite. Girl, if I, I do understand. One. That's no, not the in thing. real life. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I do understand. Uh, okay. Well, anyways, so this book starts off with, um, you know, our favorite inspector, um, Carlton Morley. I don't know if you remember him. Did you read much of the first book, Marge? I read the entirety of the first book, but is oh. that is that a woman? No, it's a man. Doesn't she work for, like... That type of, like, in that type of field? Yeah, so, okay, so the first book, um, the main girl, she worked for the man oh, in this book. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. of course, because she's a woman. She can't she can't do it on her own, right? She has to work for a man. Wasn't mm. she, like, a secretary, though? Like, she yeah, wasn't exactly. really... Because that's the fucking only job a woman can have back then. Yeah, I know. Secretary. I and even know. then, it was men for the most part. Ugh. Yep, Anyways, I agree. Frustrations. <laughs> Anyways, it starts off with we finding out that Inspector Morley isn't as clean cut as he says he is. Um, We find out he's a vigilante of sorts. So this man dresses up in black every night and like deals with things. He takes justice into his own hands. So he's like a lone wolf. Just. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, He ends up at a brothel. Um, doing an investigation of sorts uh, when he meets our heroine, Prudence. <gasps> she works who, at a brothel? Uh, no, 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 no. So my girl, Prue, uh, wants to have an exciting experience. She wants to experience good pleasure um, because she is being forced to marry, basically. Um, she doesn't really want to get married, but she's like, whatever. I just want to have one night of fun. And she ends up meeting our man Morley here, um, and he, she mistakes him as a gigolo. Uh, yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> and this girl's like, "Ooh, I like this one, so I'm gonna choose this one." And she literally falls into his lap. Though, let's be honest, that's how they meet. She falls into his lap. Um, it's very cliche, very cheesy, but I love it. And anyways, they actually uh, have sex um, that night. <laughs> you know. Her still thinking that he works there as a gigolo. Um, and anyways, things happen and they never, they don't see each other for, I forgot how many weeks or whatever. Next time they see each other, it's at her marriage, her ceremony. Um, and she's about to be his next case because her fiance is dead. 
and she's prime suspect. Dun, dun, dun. And, yeah. Yeah, so it also it continues on and like he ends up marrying her. <gasps> um but his inability to like trust her causes for like great angst because like he still sees her as like this person that possibly could kill this man even though he claim like he thinks he knows her. So it's like yeah, he sees things black and white. He sees the proof and yeah. It's it's like it's good angst because, you know, he can't trust her. Well, and it's very marriage of convenience ask, you know, like that's one of my favorite tropes, marriage of convenience. There's good angst, yes. tortured hero for sure. Yes. And there's good smut. So, yeah. This was a really good read for me. It came out like this book came to me when I really needed a good read. Like I was in a slump, I remember, and yeah, this book just hit me in the gut. I remember staying up again. I end up reading late in the like late into the morning. I guess no. Early into when the morning. When do you not though? <laughs> Yeah. Um, when it's not a good book. <laughs> you literally finish the podcast book every week, like, at 4 a.m. The day yeah. of. <laughs> well, because sometimes, you know, I, I procrastinate, okay? And then I'm like, shit, I gotta get it done. <laughs> I don't know how you're up right now, because it's, like, midnight for me, and you're, like, 3 in the morning for you, and you're up, and you're doing all kinds I of know, stuff. and it's, it's really bad. I, like, I have a really bad sleep pattern but anyways we're not here to roast my sleep pattern we're here to uh talk about books <laughs> so yeah recommend which it. book is it in the series is it the, it's not the second one right it's like later on book which one that one this book isn't it book this is the last book in the series so oh. it's like seven or eight. Oh wow wow that's yeah. a long series yeah. Okay. Book two is is good, though. That one, he, she was like an opera singer and he's an assassin. Ooh. That one's good. The whole series is good, okay? I highly recommend the whole series. Victorian Rebels by Kerrigan Bride. Go ahead. All right. So, from historical romance to historical fiction, slash romance, slash fiction, I don't know where to put this book, <laughs> okay. is my next pick, which is Longborn by Joe Baker. <laughs> So, this book, it's kind of hard to describe it. Essentially, okay, so it's like a very hated book online, which I don't really understand why. I think it's because, like, so it's a Pride and Prejudice variant slash spinoff. So, like, what it means is that it takes place during the Pride and Prejudice timeline with the characters in the background, but it's actually about Sarah, who is a servant at the Bennett house. Longborn. Mm. Um, I think, like, why it's so hated is just because it's so different than Jane Austen. Like, it's just not something Jane Austen would write. But I think, hear me out, the The okay. reasons why this is so different from a Jane Austen novel are actually the reasons why I love this book, I think. Like, so, so like, the writing, for example, it just... Like, I, I know a lot of people shit on the writing because they're like, oh, it's so, um, like, it's so unfiltered graphic. Okay. Sarah is a servant, yeah. as I said. So, obviously, a servant would, you know, have a very different vocabulary than someone of higher class. She would yes. also be privy to details. 
she mentions it when she's taken out like a chamber pot that's full. She mentions oh. it when one of the Bennett girls has her uh, monthly courses. Like she's oh. not she's not filtering her thoughts and or, or what yeah. she sees because that's just her reality. That's what she's used to. It's her daily life. So I love how not sugarcoated it is because it's just so true to the character in a way like it's and I get it like if you're a Jane Austen purist you're like what the hell is this like you're desecrating this world but Mm -hmm. I just I don't think so I think it's actually like adding to the world because you see a completely different version of the world that you never would have seen otherwise right like that's the kind of the beauty of being able to have variants like that um so anyway, the story is actually about, uh, like I said, Sarah, who meets this new uh, footman who is now working at Longbourn House. His name is James. And they have this, like, sort of Pride and Prejudice-esque romance between them. It's kind of like, I hate you. But then, because, like, you're kind of acting like you're better than me to maybe I like you a little bit to, like, actually, I kind of love you. And it has, like, really beautiful moments, but also really tragic moments, which, again, is just pride and prejudice. What else do you expect, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And it gives you, like, a completely different perspective of the Bennets, but also characters like Mr. Darcy or Wickham, who is absolutely disgusting in this book. I mean, he's disgusting in Pride and Prejudice, but, like, he is particularly disgusting in this book. Wow. Um, okay. So, so yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's. I I loved it. Like it actually it really made me feel a lot of things. This book and like I said, I just think it really overall adds to Jane Austen's world without like it respects it in my opinion and it adds to it as well, which is great. So I don't know who the haters are, but y'all are wrong. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out then. Do they not like that? It's not filtered like what is it that well i don't know i mean okay so (laughs) here's the thing i'm gonna make a confession i have not read pride and prejudice i'll make another confession i do not love jane austen's writing so i think that jane (laughs) austen she's great i love her i love what she does i think her stories did something at the time that others were not doing i think she put on page people that other writers were not putting on page i.e senditon for example like she was she was portraying the world as she was seeing it which is something that's very valuable especially as um uh, english major so there's that but her writing i find is very dance and sometimes you can it's like she loses where she was going she always eventually comes back to the point but like sometimes she will go on and on for like three pages on like some kind of rant and then eventually comes back to the point you're like okay jane you could have just cut out all this like that was not needed (laughs) um so anyway i guess like when you read uh reviews like a lot of the people are like if you like Jane Austen don't read this book and I'm like well why like you shouldn't be reading Jane Austen variants in my opinion to read Jane Austen you should read it because you like the world you know yeah or you like the characters and you want to see a different versions version of them like why should people that it's like kind of like uh fanfic writers right like you shouldn't be reading it expecting it to be just 
copy and paste of like what Jane Austen writes, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. That was a whole rant, but anyway. No, I totally agree. I feel like fanfic authors come across that as well, and like, sure, you can argue Longbourn is fanfic, but um, at the end of the day, I felt like it brought something new. I mean, I haven't read it, but I, the way you talk about it, it sounds like it's bringing something new and something. It's original content to me. Yeah. Like, you have, so you have the Pride and, Pride and Prejudice story unraveling in the background. Like, you have Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy coming together. And, because, like, Sarah is, like, she's a servant. And then she she goes to live with uh, Mr. Darcy and, wait, is it that book? Yeah. She goes to live with Mr. Mr. Darcy and um, and Elizabeth when they marry. So, like, it goes beyond that storyline, actually, um, a little bit, too. And so, I... I I just I I don't see why you would hate on it. And if it's the writing, well, I hope I changed your mind. I hope I made you realize why the writing has some value and how it is actually quite perfect for the characters and represents them very well. Cuz if the if the writing was elevated and like super fancy and and prosy, like that would make no sense for someone who's a servant who has had like no education in life whatsoever. Right? Yeah. No, I I 100% agree with that. I think yeah. I, I have good. a I have a question. You don't have to add this to the to the podcast, but you say that Pride and Prejudice, Darcy, and all that is going on in the background in this story. Can yeah. someone do that? Like, is this book published? First of all, it is because it's yeah. been more than a hundred years old, so there's no copyrights anymore. So there's no okay. That was my. So you can do whatever you want with Jane Austen's stories. All right. So, S. My turn. So, next on my list is uh, two books. It's a series. Um, <laughs> you can, like, combine so many books. I love it. I know. So, it's called... Is that cheating? Cre- <laughs> no, okay. I said we could do it in the <laughs> no. chat last night. Yeah. So, it's it's a series. As one. Because I read it back to back. Okay. So, um, this one is called... And I have the books right here. Just to kind of show you girls. Oh, the alien books. Yeah. So the first book is called Cree. I think that's how you say it. Cree Captivity. It's the Nera Chronicle series by Cora Knight. Um, it's basically about this team of explorers that go to this uncharted planet. Um, and they do like an emergency landing. Um, they meet the Niren... It's Niren? Niren natives. They're like, um, what was? They're, it's like Avatar on steroids, basically. <laughs> it's a big purple men with horns and fangs. I don't think they have a tail. Did you know it's like so. unpopular to like the Avatar movie? I, I can see why. I mean, like, like I, they're hot. I don't know what people are on about. Like those big blue aliens are hot. They're hot, but I think it's the idea of like being like a copy of Pocahontas, but also the white male savior trope. But also, just the ecological part of it is like kind of important, isn't it? the The whole message of we're destroying oh, yes. things yeah. that are not yes. ours to destroy. Anyway, big blue aliens hot. Anyway, yeah, they're hot. <laughs> <laughs> And tell us about these purple aliens. They're hot, okay, too. Okay, so, yeah, they really are. It's like, so the first <laughs> book is, like, about 130 pages. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's filthy. Like, it's filthy. 
filthy. I mean, like, looking like uh, that. Okay, we need to post when we post this episode. We need to post a picture of this cover. Yeah. Damn. Um, so, uh, if you're listening, look up the cover for Cree Captivity by Cora Knight. Um, we'll post it. Don't worry. I mean, yeah. t- tell me you you see that you see that alien coming your way. Tell me that you do not just drop your pants to the floor. Like, I would literally me. drop to the ground, spread the legs like, wide. Look and... how hot they are. I don't know who drew them, but that's my damn. weakness. Like people think I'm joking when I'm saying I want an alien husband. Like they don't understand the types of books that I read. I'm not yeah. joking here, okay? Yeah. Okay. And they're seven feet tall, I think. Yummy. Yeah, Perfect really for big. my five two. Big. Let's let's be real there. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be speaking to like his um his it's belly dick. button. <laughs> yeah. His dick. Yeah. I was trying to be family friendly, but okay. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. That's probably yeah. the only thing that I'd be speaking to. Okay, wait, hold on. I just read a book, and, like, in the book, the guy's really tall and the girl's really, like, short. And it's, like, a historical romance. So when they dance, the guy's like, so you can talk to my third button. <laughs> like, I'll be sure, right? I'll be sure. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. <laughs> Anyways, back to the seven-foot I, aliens. <laughs> I thought code but uh, what was it? Third button was, like, code for something else. But no. <laughs> So the first book, uh, it's about six explorers that go to this planet. Um, they're saved by this, uh, by the Niren people, which is these purple, hot uh, men, blue, yeah. purple mm-hmm. a- aliens. Um, but the aliens have, they say they're going to help them, but they capture them and um, plan to sell them for profit. Um, but before they sell them, they go to like where they stay at and like give them like, well, a little, let me rewind a little bit before that they give them this like aphrodisiac fruit Mm, and that kind of makes them like really horny. It makes the guys really horny and want to hump (laughs) anything and everything. Yes. This book is really Uh, horny. I love love how serious you are saying that. She goes like they give them like this aphrodisiac fruit, and then it makes them really horny and wants to come and with a straight face. <laughs> yeah, no, but like she's I'm reporting the you. news. <laughs> Tonight at eight, biology. the men are giving Stop. aphrodisiac, which makes them really horny. <laughs> Watch as they become horny. Yes. <laughs> Stop! Stop! <laughs> We're making this really difficult for her. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'll, okay. I'm throwing away the key again. It's, oh, it's gone. Okay. Oh. Um. So it's 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 a really filthy, horny book. Um. <laughs> there's orgies. Oh my there's god. Fruit. Oh my god. It's 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 delicious. It's delicious. Are there any so females? That's, no. Okay. So this world is nothing but males. Wow. Nothing. So they how don't do know they, what females are. I'm curious about how they procreate then. The um, <laughs> It's Empreg. Surprise, it? surprise. You, you know what? What? Now is that it? I'm thinking about it. Okay. No. So, okay. So the oh. way they procreate, they have like, so it is kind of like Avatar because you know how Avatar has like that big old tree. Of like life yeah. where they take yeah, 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 yeah. so the tree, um, they 
from what I remember, in order for them to procreate, they have to spit. They have like, to fuck spill, on the tree next to the like tree. spill Close their seed the <laughs> on the on where the tree is at. <laughs> yeah, Seth. my imagination is taking me places, people. <laughs> So from what yeah, from I remember like that's and then the tree kind of like you know births the yeah tree of the, life the yeah it pops I out think of that's how I'm remembering it <laughs> out of a out of a branch or something we've heard of a stork but now it's a tree it's yeah. a tree yeah so that's okay so the second book it's like a it's a thick one it's a thick ass book <laughs> whoa so she wanted to hook you in with all the the horny uh smut? the horniness and then the yeah story comes so after. the first one is like very horny very and then the second one is called Cersei, and it's the the king that they sell them to oh. so they end up selling them to the king and it becomes it becomes more of a story there's more there's it's more emotional um it's still it's still filthy. horny. <laughs> it's still filthy. Um, it's it's a good series. So it starts off horny and then it gets a little serious. But still horny. Which is the horny. which is the key how thing. Many times, how many times have we said horny in the last horny. like five minutes? <laughs> uh, I don't know how I top that now. Like that was that was pretty good. <laughs> you know what's funny? So, like, at the beginning of the year, I don't know if you guys remember, we recorded an episode that never made it t- to the air because mm-hmm. it was, like, uh, the what we've read in 2020 so far, I think. Yeah. And, like, yeah. most of the books that we're currently talking about were on that list. Yes. They were. Of the first yeah. part of 2020. So, that's yeah. really interesting. So, like, we're kind of, re- like, the three of us kind of know what, at the least, like, I knew about- what that book was. Yeah. And, like, I yeah. remember you talking about it before. And yeah. Then, I've talked about Joe Joe Baker in that other episode, so mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, and well, and this is going to be more interesting because this book is uh, the one that I'm going to be talking about. It was on the list as well. What were we going to say, us? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I just wanted to give a quick shout out uh, to Sue that recommended this series because she's always recommending books, and I'm always adding them. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the series that I actually read, and I really loved. You know, we all have that one person online who we don't talk to, but they have the best recommendations. And you're like, thank you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So shout out to Sue on Instagram. She's, yeah. All right, Seth. (laughs) Or else we would not have known about these purple hot aliens. Yes. Who have orgies and are just really, really horny. Really, really horny. Um, Yeah. Yeah, because they have horns, Marge. Oh. Course. I'm sorry. Right? Of course, of course. When we <laughs> when we say horny, we just We're mean not... they have horns. Yeah, they're yeah. horny That's as it. in two That's all horns. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Go ahead, um, okay. Well, the next thing on my list is a series. Um, right now, it's just three books, but I believe the author is writing more. Um, it's Horde Kings of Dakar. Sorry, Drakar. Um, and it's by Zoe Draven. Mm. And this is the beginning of the year. Well, two books were at the beginning of the year. And then the third book just came out at the beginning of December. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, just this, the series. More horny aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I should say it's a sci-fi book. Um, yep. It's like, okay, an alien planet. Um, the humans migrated here after Earth kind of just, like, destroyed itself. Um, so humans had to migrate to different planets. And this book series takes place on Drakkar. 
Um, and it's comprised of different sects or species of aliens, I guess we could say. There's um, the Drakkar people, which is like the focus of the series. And then there's like the Gunthin aliens, which are like the villains of the series. Um, and then they're the humans. Um, and yeah, so basically uh, the humans aren't living good lives on this planet. Like all their food has probably been gone at this point. They're not really allowed to hunt on land. Um, not land, sorry. Hunt the animals because um, the, the gods find it you know, insulting or like the people themselves, the aliens find it insulting to their gods. Um, so yeah, it just deals with, uh, a romance each book. Um, so there's a lot of Horde Kings. I don't remember how many Horde Kings there are. Um, but each Horde King is, um, in charge of running their own Horde. Um, and <laughs> so basically it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's very Drogo and Daenerys-esque. So if you like Game mm. of Thrones, this very much feels like a Drogo and Daenerys story. Each book Except feels Daenerys like that. was royalty, wasn't she? Yes. Yes, she was. But like the whole like horde Barbarian Yes. Storyline, yeah. Yeah. The yes, the kings are very barbaric and the horde life is very much similar to the Dothraki clan of people. Um and yeah. Why do we love a barbaric man? Yeah. Mm. And these aliens have tails. I feel like I just have a fetish. They like a do. Tail fetish. But like, that's my one gripe with the first book. It's like, so in the beginning of the book, it says he has a tail, and then it's never mentioned again. And it's I like mean, a thick ass tail too. It's not no, like one of those it is thin mentioned. ones. Um. Well, I mean, he I don't know. I remember thinking, "Where's the tail?" Yeah, I instance. wanted tail play. That's one thing. That was my gripe. I wanted tail play. Um. Yeah. So basically, like, a general, like, <laughs> premise of, like, each book is, like, the females are always found in, like, a dire situation. Like, the first book, the girl um, offers herself up as a war prize in place of her brother because her brother um, committed some crime. The second book, which is my favorite, like, absolute favorite, um, the main girl, Nell, uh, she kind of hunted, and I, you know, it's not something that she should be doing as a human. You're not allowed to hunt the animals on the planet. And she did that, and she's forced to... Um, receive a whipping by the Horde King, and um, he ends up claiming her, and then she her wounds get infected, and he has to nurse her back to oh, health. They that. fall in love. Yes, that's the one you read. <laughs> I was like... And, like <laughs> he whips her? No, he, really he didn't. Her? He ordered the whipping. But then, like, he oh. saw, like, how frail her body was, and, like, it was good angst. And, like, she gets infected, and, like, he has to, like, nurse her back to health. And, whew, it's so good. And then he struggles with the idea of duty versus his heart because he's falling in love with her. But, mm -hmm. like, his people mm -hmm. don't want mm -hmm. him with her. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And then the third one is kind of, like, the similar situation where, like, she is in a dire situation again. And um, she meets her Horde King, and he's, like, he's dubbed the mad, you know, mad Horde King. Um, and she is a slave as, like a slave of the enemy alien species. Um, and yeah, she has poison running through her veins and she needs to get back to her slave owner before, you know, the poison kind of kills her. Um, and yeah, it just angst all around. The series is good. Oh, book three has a lot of tales, a lot of mentions of tales. Yeah. So when I said first book doesn't have an, enough tale, it's the second one. I didn't read the first one. <laughs> I just got to specify that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so highly recommend if you're into the whole alpha barbaric, you know, trope. Man, I love it. Here for it. 
Um, tortured characters for sure, and a lot of alien sex. Ooh, I love it. All right. Is it my turn? Yes. Yeah. Next on my list is Chasing Cassandra by Lisa Claypass, (laughs) which is the, what? Fifth? Sixth? Sixth? I don't, I don't know. know. Lost track. It's it's in the Ravenel series. <laughs> um, to be honest, I don't really know what to say about this book other than I fucking loved it. Uh, but then again, it's written by Lisa Claypass, who is like the queen of historical romance. So like, do I really need to sell you on this one? You should just dive in. Um, but I will try to uh, somewhat make a summary of it. Essentially, what happens is that Cassandra is wrapped up in a scandal which was sort of forced upon her because some asshole is trying to marry her. Um, uh-huh. And and so Tom, the hero, is like, fine. I mean, I'm looking for a wife at the moment. I just, like, I feel like I'm at that point in my life where I need a wife. So, like, we could arrange something, you and I, to, like, get married. And what's, like, really interesting in this book for me was Tom's character and, like, how he's quite, like, emotionless, but, like, not necessarily because of a traumatic past, which he he definitely does have, but, I mean, he was an orphan, like, had to fend for himself for years and years and years. Yeah. But um, I think, Seth, you mentioned before that apparently Lisa Claypass said he was su- supposed to be a sociopath, Yes. Right? Yes, she did. Um... And so it's like it's really interesting, and like not the the creepy kind that like commits murder that like, is like really dramatized in media, but like just someone who actually uh, genuinely struggles with emotions and empathy towards other and uh, others and like remorse and such. So it's like really interesting and quite sweet to see his transformation of like him slowly figuring out how to be a good loving available like emotionally available partner for Cassandra um and it's like I don't know it was such a sweet beautiful story also very hot I mean it's Uh, Lisa Lisa Clay she literally cannot write a non-hot book also cannot write a bad hero um so I don't know I just I really really enjoyed it no, I, really did. I did too. That was another book that I wanted to be on my list, but you know, I let Marge have it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my one five stars of the year. And the I think one oh, book. This is the five yeah, one. and it deserved that five star. It was such a great book, a well told romance, and like again, it's very much like their growth individually as it is like as their growth together. Um, both mm-hmm. were important in the story, and like you said, Tom's growth as like an unfeeling type of man not really understanding emotions being confused by emotions like he's it's he's not he's not mean he just doesn't really understand emotions and so when he says like i feel like i'm ready for a wife it's not really because he wants a wife it's just like well i feel like i'm at that point in my life where i should have a wife you know what i mean and so it's um, just like the next step for him yeah and like he sees cassandra and he wants her he doesn't really know you know what else there could be he just knows he wants her and yeah Yeah. i just i love that that book was really good it's deserving of a a spot on that list (laughs) there's this whole plot of like um cassandra making him read books and like he completely misunderstands the point of the book yes yes. like for example i think he doesn't he read like pride and prejudice or something like that and he completely misunderstands the point like that's just his character and it's just so 
lovable and like at some point he really stands up for Cassandra and her rights and like he it's just it's beautiful it really is Lisa Kleypas can do no wrong so yes and isn't there a little boy in the story as well that he finds yes, off the street there's a whole like orphan yeah yes. that he takes under his wing and like, that relationship was so cute I think his name is like Baz yes is it Baz something like that yeah it's Baz Basil ba- Basil 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 <laughs> yes and like yeah Loved it. it was so good yes I highly recommend that book right. too that's such okay, a good book. So the next book on my list is The Bad Guy by Celia Aaron. Um, this one is about, I think you read it, Seth. Right? I started it. You tried it. Yeah. Yeah, I tried um, it out. So this one is about uh, Sebastian and Camille. Um, he is known to be, I guess he was clinically diagnosed as a psychopath. Can that? Yes. Can, is that a thing? Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, we got sociopath. And like psychopaths, (laughs) all those fun things on on the podcast today. I love it. I love it. And um, so basically it starts off where uh, Sebastian's company has like a, a, I don't know if it's like a holiday party, some kind of party. And one of his executives takes his girlfriend and Sebastian lays eyes on her and like automatically is like, I want this. Like, I want her. Like, she's mine. Yeah. So... I wouldn't say like he fell like head over heels because I don't he doesn't know what love is. He has uh no empathy. Um he just sees something that he likes and he wants it. Um so he meets Camille um and he Psychopath said, is the one that is um uncaring of other people's emotions. Like they're unable to understand other people's emotions, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's the difference then between psychopath and sociopath? Because when I was looking up sociopath, that's kind of what it was saying too. Sociopath, I think, is when they themselves don't understand their own emotions. Oh. And psychopath. I might be wrong. Let me. It might be the reverse. Let me double check that. It's all very interesting. I find this stuff fascinating. Okay. So. Did you type like difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? Yeah. Okay. So for like a quick <laughs> answer. <laughs> so for your last character, for your last book, March, was he a sociopath or psychopath? Apparently, that's what Lisa Kleypas said. Yes, that she was she was modeling him after a sociopath. A sociopath. See, okay. like I'm Got not gotcha. really getting. All they're saying is like some. Uh, sorry, some experts see sociopaths as hot headed. They act without thinking how others will be affected, and psychopaths are more cold-hearted and calculating. They carefully plot their moves and use aggression in a planned-out way to get what they want. Well, that would be more Tom, then. A psychopath. But I remember clearly reading Sociopath. Well, if you, you, listener, have a better uh, definition of both and understand them, then let us know, because clearly the internet is not helping us today, surprisingly. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, so Camille is a, bio- a high school biology teacher. So basically, Sebastian makes makes up, I guess, this uh, fake trip to the Amazon. And he plans that supposedly Camille's going to go take the trip. Um, but actually, he... Yeah, so he is a so psychopath. So he, kid- he is a psychopath. So he ends up kidnapping her Yeah. Um, for like a month-long for the month-long trip and he hides her out at like this estate like in the middle of nowhere and he plans to fake her death yeah so like completely forgot about that yes i remember yeah and he ends up dyeing her hair 
Um, oh, I love I love stories like this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read yes. dark romance in so long. I know. But you know what the funny thing is? You loved this book, but for some reason, and I like dark romance as well, but I couldn't get into it. I think it was her character. For some reason, I couldn't get behind. I don't remember what it was about her that I just, mm-hmm. I didn't like. No? Yeah. I, I loved it. I think I stopped when, um, do you remember the part where they ended up, like, he ended up going into the city with her? And, like, they went to dinner and all of that. I ended up stopping once they returned back because I think she tried to escape or something and like he was like it's it's, not was that the scene where they're like in a penthouse and he, they like do it against the window and like her yes. ex or her her yeah. boyfriend or whatever is sees and he kind of like is that her or is it not but um, he's also like cheating on her with some other woman yeah yeah, yeah he's a creep my goodness <laughs> yeah i never i don't know why i never finished would it. you ever go back i might i don't know what it was about the story itself or was it a, was it about camille that i didn't like mm-hmm but yeah, the mm. smog was good, and he's such a good dirty talker. I remember that. He is ah, oh, I love it. And there's, I want to read this, um, this kind, this quote. She came with quotes. I have it's just for this one, just a quick little that I, it just, I don't know. It's it's he kidnaps her, and he's a psychopath. And okay, so um, she it starts off. You stole me from everything I saw, but instead of fighting him, I clutch him tighter. Everything. He didn't respond, just stroked my hair and held me as I fell apart. I cried until my ribs ached and my tears streaked onto his chest. When I quieted, he smoothed the hair from my face and kissed my forehead. I'm sorry. I withdrew and wrapped my arms around myself. No, you aren't. You were sorry. If you were sorry, you would let me go. Hmm. Uh, I can't, he sighed. You're afraid I'll tell? And then he says no. Then what? He's like, I don't think I can live without you. And okay, you should not be saying aw to that. I love how it's home when he's literally talking about kidnapping her. Yeah. <laughs> and then let me just read this next little part. The words would have... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... I love this guy. Read like he's, the whole block. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the words would have warned me if they'd come from anyone else. From him, they were cold prison bars. Why? I sniffled. I don't know. I don't know. He pulled the sheet up and tucked it around me. Ever since that dance, you've been embedded deep inside me in places I didn't even know existed. I didn't know what to do about it at first, but then it hit me. I needed you. Mm. And then he kidnapped her, dyed her hair, was going to fake her death. Yeah. Mm. And then she's into... She's a a biology teacher, and she has a special interest in botany. I think that's how you say it. And like plants and like yeah. um, flowers, so he built her her own. And like little she even had students looking for her as well. Like it yeah. was messed up. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so interesting. Like dark romance is so interesting for putting on the page crazy ass characters, and then it's so fun to see the author have to do the work to make you believe in their love yeah, and like make you exactly. want them to get a happy ever after because some of these people are messed up and like do messed up things and hurt each other not just like a little bit but like sometimes it's like really heavy stuff like non-consensual things and you're like mm-hmm. you're gonna have to work to make me like this person and they kind of 
manage it. It's insane. No, I agree. And, like, there's some dark romances where you literally need to throw your moral compass out the window because Mm -hmm. if you keep it with you, you're going to be, like, you're not going to be able to enjoy the book. Like, um, Captive in the Dark is one of them. I think we talked about that earlier on in another episode. And then there's also Tilly Cole's, um, uh, what is it, the Brotherhood one, where they're all, like, murderers. They're all serial killers. But we all should root for them in some sort of way because... Raphael, like that. Yes, Raphael was the first one, Um, and his dream kill is basically choking a beautiful woman to death, and like he finds it, finds that perfect kill in the woman that will be his love interest, and it's just like, how do we root for them? How do we root for their happily ever after? Mm -hmm. He just wants to kill her. So yeah, there's something so liberating about separating yourself from that moral compass, like you said, like just putting every like shoving everything out the window like everything you believe in everything you stand for and you just embark on this journey of darkness it's 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 fun it's fun i haven't done it in a while you have to be in the mindset for it (laughs) yeah yeah you do they're pretty Um, heavy but they can take you places they can definitely start conversations with yourself internal conversations like why do i like this exactly (laughs) Yeah. So because um, you know, bad guy being one, why did you like it? What about it was something you liked? It's not like you wouldn't go out looking for a psychopath as your love interest, like at all. Like that would not be your partner. But what was it that made you? Like, what what called to you? God, I don't know. That's a yeah. heavy question. Just just the fact that he wanted her and he did everything. I think that's what. Yeah, I, like I mean, you don't really necessarily have to answer no, it. Because, like, but no, like it, gets you, it gets you thinking, you know, like, what is it about these type of characters and stories that make you like them, make you want to yeah. read more of them, you know? I remember seeing a tweet that was like, the appeal of the villain is that there's literally nothing that would stop them from giving you the world. Like, they would mm-hmm. burn it to the ground if it meant they could love you. And I kind of feel like that's also sort of the appeal of the dark romance. Like, it's such messed up, intense relationships that you kind of, you get that fantasy of, like, what if you met someone who was just absolutely fucking insane and, like, would literally do anything to get you? You know what I mean? And obviously what's appealing in that is that it's safe and fake. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, like, that's, that's, I think that that's part of the appeal, too. It's just, like, exploring those like what if you met someone like that how how, like how does romance look for people like that yeah yeah and yeah I think it's exactly that I was just gonna say that it's like how does romance or love or affection or intimacy how does that you know work for a psychopath what like how does that look for them um but yeah and I I think he also kind of had a tragic backstory too I just feel like all of it combined it just makes for a good a good read yeah. Heavy read, but a good read. So yeah, I recommend it. Read it. The Bad Guy <laughs> by Celia Aaron. <laughs> I feel like we finish every single recommendation with that, but it's like obviously we recommend it. This yeah. is our <laughs> top of twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Whose turn is it, Seth? Oh, it's my turn. Last yeah. one. All right, I made my decision. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. So I mean, I couldn't not talk about it. A Turkish show. show. 
Um, so this is the one that you girls probably get so irritated with me for because it's all I talk to. Even though, okay, I know you girls don't even care one lick about the show, but I don't care. I still talk to you is guys Is it mustache it. guy? <laughs> is it the yes. guy with the mustache? Okay. The guy I don't like. Hey, I don't know why you don't like my man, but I love him. Okay. He's not my type, but there's very hot Turkish men. I will say that. I, I think it's just, that. like, his character. So, like, initially for me as well, like, he wasn't really, like, someone that I was you know, dying for. Um, But as the show progressed and as, like, interviews and, like, other things about him came out, I'm like, yeah, love it. Love him. I I will, you know, I will do things, you know. (laughs) (laughs) What type of things, Steph? I mean, all of them. Please be more precise. I mean, my fan fictions that I've written about this man, I mean, they're very descriptive. (laughs) Anyways, I don't even know. Okay. Let me just, let me just talk about it. Okay. Okay. So the next and last thing on my list, um, is the show called Emanet, which means legacy in English. Um, it's a Turkish show if you, you know, haven't already, uh, got that part yet. And it's very much enemies to lovers. Like, starts off with, like, the main girl. Um, she finds out her sister is dying in the hospital. So she goes to the hospital. And then her sister is like, I'm entrusting you, my son. Like, go and get him um, from this house. Because, like, he's not going to have a good life if he ends up living there. Um, so the main girl, her name's Sahar. She goes and gets the kid. Obviously, she hasn't met the uncle yet. Um, and then... The house is very cold and, like, you know, we find out that the uncle is very cold and untrusting and, like, isn't a great guy. Um, And then, so she takes him and then the uncle, finally their first meeting is, like, at her house as he's taking back the child. And, like, he doesn't even say a word to her. He just looks at her and he just takes the child and she's running after him and, like... Anyways, it's just, like, it's insanely dramatic, which, you know, I love the drama. And um, why I say it's enemies to lovers is because, like... He doesn't want her in the child's life at all, despite, like, her probably being, like, the best human being ever. He doesn't trust women. His mom was a bitch, awful woman. Like, I hated her. He hates her. Everyone hates her. And, like, it's just, like, his growth as a character was really great for me. I mean, yes, he's done some problematic things. He might have locked her up in a basement. He might have, like, set his dog on her. (laughs) He might have, like, let her almost die. Um in a fire uh he might have put her in prison oh my god this is so bad but for me it's like i i understood him in the sense where like he is so untrusting of women because of his childhood and like it doesn't make it okay but like i think for me it's like his growth and like his i don't know how to explain it but like uh i don't know he just he does a good grovel I you just know, love how there. we started off so sweet, and then somehow we just reached a part of this podcast where it's all the all the books that are like <laughs> <laughs> because you know problematic we have to the and... listeners in. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. For me, the reason why the show calls to me is, as I said, like his growth, and I feel like their growth of a romance because it starts off at the beginning with them not having like anything to do with each other, and then they're brought together by this one child. Um, and, you know, like, they absolutely hate each other. She is obviously afraid of him, rightfully so. Um, but she doesn't really show it. All she cares about is her nephew. And then, like, as the story progresses, we start to see a softer side of him being brought out because of her and, like, because of his nephew. And, like, he does a good grovel, yeah. But then it's also, like, his 
I don't know, his uh, realization that maybe he's undeserving of her because of all the things he put her through and because of his life, because he is mm. part of, like, he does a lot of illegal stuff. They don't really show mm. you much on it. Um, He has blood on his hands literally and figuratively most of the time, and, like, he's just not, you know, what the, the type of guy that this sweet, caring girl should go for. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's, it's a good, it's a good show. Anyways, it's just the cutest because we're at this point now, yesterday, our girl's finally realizing that she has feelings for him and, like, she's <laughs> avoiding the shit out of him because, like, you know, she's blush blushing and our boy being a 30-something-year-old virgin is not understanding why she's so flustered all the time and, like, why, why, like, her face is all red and it's just the cutest thing and, yeah. Anyways, these two owe my heart and I will... Go down with that ship. With these two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the show is still continuing on, right? It's, still it's ongoing? not stopping. We're on episode eighty-eight. Oh, oh god. So my god. We're only now. We're only now getting her realization that she loves him. Oh my god. Such a space. Yeah. The patience. <laughs> but it's like all about the. This is like the epitome of slow burn. So basically, okay, I need to give you an example because my dad even got into this show. So basically, what happened was um, a few episodes ago, um, she was telling because he was pulling away because he was realizing he loves her and he doesn't know if like the life of you know a man in love or like a man that has a weakness is for him. And like, so our main girl was like, "You sh like you need to give up the darkness like." for your nephew, for your brother, and then also for me. I'm telling you, my house went crazy. Even my dad started screaming on the chair. We're like, oh my gosh, it's finally happening. Um, spoiler, he did give it up. He buried his guns. Why he does did. that sound like Kylo Ren? <laughs> give up the darkness, and then like when he, when he like flings his uh, lightsaber into the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was great. So, yeah. Seth clearly has a type. Yeah, I, I really do. It's very telling. I like the um, men who give up the, the darkness and also over yes. 30 virgins. <laughs> no. That one, though, is not for me. <laughs> ben Solo went down a virgin, okay? Ugh. God, don't rem No, I refuse to believe that. They had sex mentally. They mentally yeah. fucked each other. That's what That's I choose true. to believe. Everywhere they did mm, mentally. Horny dreams. Or horny shared dreams. Yeah. Spiritually yeah. they fucked. <laughs> Spiritually? Spiritually they fucked. Uh, Alright, moving on. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um so my last book is The Hostage Bride by Jane Feather. <laughs> It sounds problematic. Okay. I swear it's not. Um, so the premise of this book. Okay, so this book is actually, funnily enough, kind of the opposite of the very first book I talked about, Fate Star. In how, like, so remember Warna, she's kind of like, she loves the peaceful life. She's not a warrior. Um, in this case, Portia is like the opposite where Portia, this is a historical romance novel by the way it's not fantasy but she's like the heroine who is kept at home but has always wanted to be a soldier so oh. the basic premise without getting too much into it is like there's these two 
I guess you could say clans, but like it's they're not Scottish. So like, I don't know what you would call them, but like essentially two families, rich families. One of them is taken for the parliament and one of them is for the king and it takes place in like the 1600s. So like if you're a history person, you probably know what the fuck kind of history I'm talking about. I don't know. I don't know what was going on, but history stuff happens. And and so Rufus um, has like this whole um, idea to kidnap the daughter of the other family, um, as, like, a war, uh, prisoner of sorts, I guess, um, but instead, he kidnaps the wrong girl. He kidnaps Portia, who is the bastard child of, um, the, the brother of the, that guy. So, like, does that make sense? So, she's, like, she, it's, like, her uncle is the, the main, the main- No, so like her uncle, her uncle is the other um, leader. Does that okay, make sense? that makes sense. Um. So anyway, so she gets kidnapped, and then he brings her to his like camp. What is our his what war is, camp. What are we doing? <laughs> but like, it's okay. It sounds it sounds wrong, but I swear to God, it's actually a really sweet story of like Rufus as these two. Uh, adorable kids um who you know were raised on a war in like a war camp where there's not really any women so like they're just absolutely rough little kids (laughs) just they just have no sleep patterns no nothing they're just absolute like little monsters but they're so adorable and like obviously Portia like arrives and like she sort of becomes like a mother figure to them but also Portia has these grand ideas of becoming a soldier and like she starts um um learning how to fight like Rufus allows her to practice that and like become one of his soldiers I think they get married at some point to be honest the book is a little vague in my brain but um essentially um Portia gets like stuck in the middle because she's like her allegiance are now with Rufus because she's fallen in love with him but also like she's fighting against her family and she feels really guilty with that so it's like this whole thing of like is she like like is she betraying her family is she not is she betraying Rufus and like there's like lies and deceit and like you know, people are questioned and um, it's just, I mean, I wish I could, I wish I could explain this better, but, um, <laughs> you know. Um, what time period is it set in? 1600s. Oh. And like, to be honest, I think the biggest surprise for me is that this is one of those like old, well, older, I was going to say old school historical romance. It's, it's not an old school, but like it's a older historical romance written in the 90s so I was really quite surprised with how feminist it was in its messaging like Portia takes no shit she goes on that battlefield she fights she's the only woman there and she owns it you know and she does what she thinks is best and in the end she chooses not to um betray either of them she's like you might be my husband but that's my family (laughs) So, wow, and vice okay. versa. You so, said that. Sorry, you said that. Um, he had two children prior to Portia. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it a dead lover trope or no? I think I think the kids were like children of some village wench or something. Like I don't oh. think it was like a love story at all. Oh, okay, okay. If I remember correctly, if if it is 
like a past lover. It really wasn't like something that tainted the story in any way, shape, or form. Okay. The okay. kids were really cute. So like, <laughs> really, really, really cute. And like Rufus with his kids. Oh my God, my ovaries exploded. Really? Okay. Ugh, he's such a cute dad. I might, I might add that one to the list. That's good. My that's list good. is too long at this point. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. For these to sound good so that people actually want to read them because yeah. they deserve it. So. All right, S, your last one. Let's go. <sighs> My last book is dun, 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 The Wicker King by Kate Ancrum. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure not if I'm pronouncing her name right. But um, I'm going to read the blur because I don't think I'll be able to kind of explain what the book is about. Um. So the synopsis is, when August learns that his best friend Jack shows signs of degenerative hallucinatory disorder, he is determined to help Jack cope. Jack's vivid and long-term visions take the form of an elaborate fantasy world layered over our own, a world ruled by the Wicker King. As Jack leads them on a quest to fulfill a dark prophecy in this alternative world, even August begins to question what is real and what is not. August and Jack struggle to keep afloat as they teeter between fantasy and their own emotions. In the end, each must choose his own truth. And um, I love this book because of the way it was designed. So you're reading the story and it's and you start to see when things start to go darker with the characters. And the paperback shows you when things start to go dark. Like the pages actually start to 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 go like... I'm showing the girls like it starts to go darker and darker yeah and then the pages turn black when it's yeah. like um nice I don't know I just love it like they have like um like or like arrest reports in here drawings um like pictures of like a mixtape a cd I don't know I loved it and it kind I I want to say it's kind of like an mm like you don't know if it's pushing that that line if it's mm or if it's not because they're really mm. they're best friends and they get really close so it's kind of like but you wouldn't say there's romance per se like it doesn't cross the line it i think it does cross the line but i don't know i don't know how to explain it like it does kind of cross the line but then it kind of but you question if it's all happening in his head is that it a little bit no. okay but i wouldn't full on say like it's like mm Hmm. but maybe it is i love it when the like the uh creativity doesn't stop with the words like it actually also is like the the placement of the words on the page or like images that are put in into the book or whatnot like i i really like when that happens yeah and it's not random like it goes with what's being said mm-hmm. what's being mm-hmm. shown what's being told so yeah really enhances the message all right are we done are we doing our honorable mentions yes (laughs) we will but like quickly yeah yeah yeah. um okay so you want to start uh sf um sure um so honorable mentions slow heat by lexi blake uh sorry is that name lexi letta letta blake Blake. I wrote that. I think I was talking about Alexi at the same time I was writing this. Okay, let me restart. Okay, so Honorable Mentions is Slow Heat by Letta Blake. It was one of our episodes, um, earlier episodes, actually. 
Um, loved it. I read it this year. I reread it again this year. <laughs> loved it. Um, another one from uh, a previous episode of the podcast, Kator and Lord Death by Martine Levitt. Yes. Which is a recommendation by March. And yes. loved it. <laughs> um, and another Turkish show was Herjai. I talked about it again in our chit chat episode, I believe. Again, highly recommend if you love the angst and drama and all that stuff. And then another show that I started, another Turkish show that I started um, last year, um, it's called Hayat uh, Sharkezi. Um, it's another really good uh, Turkish show. This girl be drama. over there speaking Turkish. <laughs> Seriously, I will right? say, Amanet <laughs> has forced me to learn Turkish because there's no subtitles. And, like, my obsession with Amanet is so strong that I would try and watch shows and understand maybe, like, five words but i mean it's better than none i mean Um, good for you but that's kind of insane but cool yeah yeah so hyatt uh shark is another show that i highly recommend the reason why i think this one stands out is because this time it's not a man that's the anti-hero it's the female and um it's very good she does a lot of bad stuff to get what she wants and what she wants is a family and um, like ultimately the main guy of the show um, she even, like, ruins her sister's chances and her honor just to get the man because he was originally promised to marry the sister. And she's like, mm I want him. So she literally ruins her reputation. And her husband wants to go, um, he's a pr- professor and he studies people and biology and all that stuff. The and honorable mentions are supposed to be quick. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying why I like it. Okay. She's over there, anyways, like, anyways, telling us the whole plot. I just want to say that she even... She even fakes this, like, sexual assault situation. So oh he gets fired from the university so he doesn't Yikes. go away. And, like, you're supposed to root for her. And anyways, Jesus. I love it. I love I love her. She's I'm really the time bad. police. Come on. I'm the time police now. Go on. I'm done. What's, what's next? Done. Oh, that's it? I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Go, 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 Mark. Okay. So just saying, honorable mentions are not, you know, any less good than what was in their top five. It's literally just why because of I, stuff we've mentioned before. This is why I couldn't stop talking. Okay. So, my honorable mentions are the Alpha Omega series, which, like I said, but Patricia Briggs, by the way, like I said, you can go in our catch up and catch up and chill episode, the first one, to hear me talk about it if you care. Um, the second one <laughs> is The House on the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune, which you can also hear me talk about in that same episode. Um, then, as far as the Immortals After Dark books, I picked Kiss of a Demon King. Because Rightstrom and Sabine. And also The Warlord Once Forever. Because those were the two standout books for me so far. Uh, And last, but certainly not least. The Bridgerton TV show. Which it (laughs) hurt me not to put it on the top five. But I figured we talked about it for like five hours into two podcasts. So I'm not going to say anything. But I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for my honorable mentions, um, it's the Wolf series by K.A. Tucker. I talked about it at our on our Catch Up and Chill episode. Mm -hmm. So check that out. I highly recommend it. Um, The next is uh, Jessica Kane, the author. All her books, all her backlist. If you're in the mood (laughs) for ridiculously smutty and filthy, and you want a quick read. I, I love how this her. turned into let's recommend an entire backlist of an author. <laughs> <laughs> We're the worst. Yes. Um, 
So Jessica Kane mm-hmm. recommend, and then um, Katie Roberts. She released a taboo mm-hmm. series. Um, mm-hmm. blah, 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 let me see. It was that the one with Jafar and Jasmine? No, no, no. This is a different oh. one. Oh, but I want to read all that. her all her books are good. Okay, another backlist. Read, so. Just go another read Katie Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is the Touch of Taboo series, and it's um, the first book. It's about uh, the heroine finds her. Uh, fiance cheating so she sleeps with the dad and then the <laughs> second <laughs> oh yeah goodness <laughs> for revenge she sleeps with the dad and then the second book it's uh, uh where the best friend shares his wife or no the husband shares his wife with the best friend oh very God. very taboo very steamy that was very taboo yeah, yeah I mean, and then that's why it's called taboo i think <laughs> Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and she has uh, another book coming out this year. So, I mean, if you're in the mood for some taboos and smut, definitely uh-huh. check it out. And yeah, that's it for me. All right. Does anyone want to say anything? Steph, do you want to jump into the plot of <laughs> Turkish No, because, you know, I'm just going to get cut off again. All I know <laughs> is Turkish shows own my life. I mean, I think everyone knows that at this point. Yeah, I yeah. think we do. Um, I don't know, like in one word. Okay, let's do a thing. In one okay. word, how would you describe your reading year in 2020? <laughs> Silence. <laughs> um, like I had like good, like amazing reads, but this is not one word. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Go ahead. You have a word. Let me think. Go for it. I just need to find out the actual word for what I want to say. Okay, well, mine would be, I'll start then. Because um, you were prepared. I wasn't, mm. actually, but I, I, I thought about one on the spot. Thank you very much. Um, I would say surprising. Like, I surprised myself with what I read. Hmm. I was going to say diverse, but I, I kind of think that that word should be applied to other things. Um, so I'm going to say surprising, and that's that. Hmm. I, okay, I originally was going to say, like, topsy-turvy, mm. um, but I don't know, because, like you, it was all over the place, but also I was in slumps quite often this year, um, so topsy-turvy kind of works in the sense where, like, I had really high highs, and then sometimes I'd read a really obscure type of book, and, you know, I, it would be a hit, and it wouldn't usually be a hit for me, um, like other years, but... Yeah, topsy-turvy is what I'm going with. Hyphened, so that it's one word. Yes, so it is one word. It's hyphened. (laughs) This word police over there. And time police. I am the authority. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for me, I would say one word to describe the reading year. Yeah. She's trying to buy more time. I'll say smutty. Because I read a lot of smut. (laughs) Okay. That's, That's good. Okay. Very very smutty year. 2020 was a reading A lot of Jessica and then Katie Roberts. That's what happened. (laughs) And Alien Dick. That deal. So smutty. It was a smutty year. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, this is it, I think, for our episode on our best of 2020. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you got a lot of recommendations out of it. That's kind of the point. We hope it was entertaining enough and spicy enough that it made you want to read these books. Um, and, um, yeah, I just want to say I hope uh, 2021 is a good year for us in terms yeah. of reading. 
Um, and I hope you're. And when we say us, we mean you as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just us. You, you, you can have a terrible year, but we here. No, <laughs> no I meant us, us as in you know collectively we're a community of readers. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just hope that we all have the great hits for 2021. We might not see you for a short while. Uh, we are gonna stop posting for a few weeks just so that we can uh, grow a backlist of episodes again so that we can keep on being consistent when we are posting weekly um, so but we will be back with um, Untouchable by Cressley Cole actually that will be your first book coming back so I hope you're excited for that the Cressley Cole read-along is continuing in 2021. It will end in 2021. <laughs> At some point, we will get to, um, what's his name, your guy? Lothair. To Lothair's book. At some point, we'll get there. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Uh, you can find us on social media, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um... Uh, on Twitter, we are at the RTM Pod, or you can also find us on Instagram at Romancing the Monsters Podcast. You can also email us if you want to at Romancing the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you can find me at Foes and Lovers on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me, S, on Twitter and on Instagram at But This Book. And you can find me, Saf, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Woes. And if any of our books or TV shows was a hit for you or wasn't a hit for you. Oh, heck yeah. You, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. I'd love to talk about things with you guys. Yeah. All right. Well, bye. See ya. <laughs> bye. <laughs>